0: What's up? What's up? What's up? It's another episode of Backport Spiritual. Thank you for rocking with me so long. Um, if you're still listening, this is officially episode nine. Um, you might have noticed some of the numbers might have changed a little bit. I got tired trying to figure out what was a full episode what was a bonus episode. They all just regular old episodes now. Um, originally this week I wanted to talk about storm magic because it's very interesting and the weather report said that it was going to be storming all week. Um, while I've been researching, no actual storm has happened and I feel like it would be doing a disservice to my own, like, journey and to anyone who is using this as part of their journey, um, if I didn't at least give it a shot or give it a chance to, like, do some real hands-on work and then report back so instead we're going to uh cover a topic that i was going to cover next week (laughs) um and that is magic or the term magic um if you've been in the community for a while or if you're brand new you might have noticed there are like a thousand and one okay so there's like five there's like five or six different versions of the word and spellings of the word magic um and as someone who like watched it kind of happen um and watched the different spellings in books and whatnot i was like okay is there a difference that i need to be aware of um is there not a difference and people are just kind of doing whatever they want to do um i decided to look into it um one because i love words and i love that we use language to make our stamp on the world and create and carve out a space for what we do personally. Um, Some people might think that words are just words, and they don't mean anything. But for me, at least, language is very powerful. Um, In and of itself, it is a form of magic. So, uh, I wanted to start with regular shmegle old (laughs) magic um m-a-g-i-c so this is the general magic um i'm gonna be real cliche right now and read off this uh these two definitions for merriam-webster but we're going to get into why these definitions are important um and if it matters for what we do out here in these streets so according to the mundane world Um, via Merriam-Webster's online dictionary, (laughs) there are uh, two definitions that are important for magic without a K. Um, The first one is the use of means, usually spells or charms, believed to have supernatural power over natural forces, which is more akin to like, you know, what we got going on, right? And then there's the more commonly associated definition with this word, um, which is the art of producing illusions, by the sleight of hand. So we're talking Chris Angel, we're talking Copperfield Houdini, great illusionists, but not witches. Well, okay. That we know of, right? Because I don't know these folks. Um, <laughs> but there's a stigma that, at least from my understanding, there's a stigma in the magical community, i.e., the witchcraft community, um, to avoid being associated with illusions or um fraud or something being fake because to us magic is real um for some people it may just be another way to explain what science hasn't explained yet um but regardless there is this connotation or this like perception that magic without a k is the stage stuff and magic with a k is the real deal holy field um and honestly the entire time that I've been practicing or studying, even when I first was introduced to spellcraft and energy work and all this other stuff, um, I learned it as magic with a K because I thought, okay, this is just is what it is. This is how we talk about it, um, and that's fine. But let's get into the nitty gritty details. Um, magic M A G I C. It actually has its origins. Um, in a Proto-Indo-European root, which I can't pronounce, so sorry if you're like a super in-depth linguist and not just like a hobby linguist like I am. Um, Maga? Mag? Not Maga, um, because we don't do that here. Um, M-A-G-H, which is a Proto-Indo-European root, which basically just means to be able or to have power. Pretty easy to see how that gives us what we currently have all these different iterations of the word magic um it's actually a root it shares a root um with a bunch of other words too that have some kind of action or possessive or action verb attached to it some kind of like active state of doing um attached to them so it's not just like the occult around um 1811 ish is when we start seeing a shift from magic being um the like supernatural forces or paranormal whatever to being more associated with those illusions of those sleights of hand around 1811 give or take because we were not there um and this actually um displaced or replaced the old english word which actually gave us the word witch which is kind of cool. Um, I will link all of this like the sources and stuff. I'm working on a source list for everyone to see or anyone to see like the raw sources um, and I'm also revamping the website to make the resources a little bit more accessible. So all this will be made available soon <laughs> hopefully um, so you can see exactly what I'm looking at. One of the things that for the word magic that came up that I thought was really interesting that I don't know anything about but want to, is that back in the day, in the Middle Ages, apparently there was a separation between the types of magic that were out there. So there was natural magic, which um, according to according to Etym Online, E-T-Y-M Online, which is basically Etymology Online, um, according to the website, in the Middle Ages they separated natural magic which is the magic that's done or the the spells and enchantments and stuff that were done without the aid of spirits as in like just using yourself it, at least that's what it sounds like based off the sheer definition anyways and then the magic that was derived from the aid of spirits or demons or other beings besides just yourself um, and according to Adam online That natural magic was not as, like, demonized, (laughs) vilified as the magic that was associated with spirits or the devil or demons or whatever have you. Um, And that is definitely going to be a topic at a later date um, because it's just so interesting to me, that kind of, like, division between the two. Okay, so we have regular old magic that we learn from the regular old dictionary. Um, just to recap real quick, because I know that was pretty quick. Um, magic is the illusion, the sleight of hand, the stage stuff. Um, that is the, the connotation that that word has in the community, in the witchcraft community, um, at least from my experience. So now we move on to magic with a K. Um, it's most commonly, um, kind of, like, given to, or, like, credits given to Aleister Crowley, um, for popularizing this. And I was doing my research. Mostly his stuff came up. But I did come across this article that mentioned that the earliest use of the word magic with a K, um, that people can find, at least right now, is from a philosopher named Heinrich Cornelius Agrippa. Von Nettesheim. Um, people don't usually add the Von Nettesheim part. Um, it's usually just Heinrich Cornelius or Agri- Agrippa, and he is actually, at least from what I can tell so far, he is actually kind of like hailed as one of one of the earliest thinkers that kind of built the foundation for what we practice the occult practices in the Western Hemisphere. Um, his three books. I think they were called three books on occult philosophy. Sometimes it's called um, sometimes it's called the philosophy of the occult um, or the philosophy of natural magic. But this is, according to a lot of people, the OG magic with a K dude. <laughs> and I'm linking some pretty cool resources to his work and also to the articles um, on the sources document that I'm working on that will be made available pretty soon. But anyways, according to Heinrich Cornelius Agrippa, okay, he was a, homie was like a little bit of everything. He was a philosopher. He was a professor. He was a, was he a clergyman or priest? Or he, he was really in tight with the priest. He worked in uh, the military. He worked as a mercenary. Homie was just like bouncing across Europe, doing every which, everything that homie could get his hands on. Um... He was just to give you kind of a sense of the time of his like lifetime where he was working with. Um, he was born in the in late 1486, I think September, and he died in early 1535. So like a couple of months before his birthday. So he was 48 years old when he died, which today's standards is not very old at all. To have done so much, to done every, to have done everything that this guy's done. Um, but whatever, that's besides the point. So Agrippa basically said in a roundabout way that magic is the uniting of virtues of things (laughs) through the application of them one to the other. Um, And I know that was kind of like vague. Um, (laughs) I don't know what it was about like language back then, but they was like all around the bush just to get where they had to get to. Um, Essentially, he was just saying that magic is the combining of forces um and applying them to one another so using them together um and separately and in conjunction with or complementary to each other um to do something um for Agrippa, he said that magic cannot exist without the understanding of three faculties quote unquote (laughs) i hope you can hear the air quotes um, and to him, those three faculties that were the, f- or the foundations that were most important to working with and understanding magic were philosophy, mathematics, and astronomy. And I'm going to say slash astrology. Um, I'm not a super big history buff, so I don't know if astrology was as major, especially considering that this man was heavily involved in the church, um but astronomy at the very least, the understanding of the planets and their movement and things like that. And you know what? He's not completely wrong. Um, in reading just the first couple of like quote-unquote chapters, which were really just more like a couple of paragraphs, um, he was very much in it as a I wanna say like an academic approach to the occult, um, which is great. We get a lot of wonderful information out there, um, but there's, there's two different kinds of practice out there. I think in my opinion, there's the practical element of it. And then there's the theoretical element of it. There's the quote unquote, common man's practice or common person's practice. And then there's the, the, the scholarly, like ceremonial side of things. Um, which we can go more into depth with in a different episode. But yes, so all this came from, I think it's, well, no, it's book one, chapter two of his um, The Philosophy of the Occult or on Occult Philosophy. This man was very. All over the place, where he pulled inspiration from. So he was a self-identified Christian, um, was heavily involved in or associated with people who were involved in the Catholic Church. Um, I think he was even sponsored by an um, uh, Archbishop or two, um, and but he was also heavily influenced by Kabbalistic theology, um, and he published a lot of papers on the divine feminine and the the sacredness of femininity and I think it was even said that he once tried to argue the superiority of feminine femininity um it was also said that he might have done that to try to like impress old girl um I don't think it worked (laughs) but point is for this guy Agrippa Magic was a science. It was a science that combined philosophy and mathematics and astronomy slash astrology with the religious or religiosity or spirituality of cabal and Christianity and I would even maybe say Catholicism in a way that created some kind of change. Um, which isn't far off at all from Aleister Crowley and what the rest of us say now. It was just said in a more roundabout way back in the, uh, 14-1500s. (laughs) But, so flash, flash forward, um, Agrippa actually, towards the end of his life, and at the end of the third book on occult philosophy, which I was able to actually find, on, I think, this website called uh, Sacred Text, which is phenomenal as a resource. They have so many resources out there. Um, if you do use this website, I want you to keep in mind that some of these journals were written, written by uh, colonizers, <laughs> were written by people observing other people. And so there are definitely some things in there Um, Coming from a colonized mindset or colonizer mindset. Um, Sometimes people are even described as savages or primitive and their beliefs and whatnot. Um, Keep that in mind when you're reading these kinds of things or any kind of historical or scholarly or archaeological research. When you're looking at your craft and examining your craft, Um, just be aware of that and kind of dig deeper um, past their subjective and sometimes hella problematic uh, viewpoints but I digress. Um, I I will link this uh, and make it available for y'all because I think it's cool. Um, and I plan to read more into it. It was a long, hella long document. Aleister Crowley, (laughs) flash forward. So after Agrippa dies and denounces his interest in the occult, um, and basically says, you know what y'all, um, I'm not trying to burn a nail i i don't think this is legit we're just gonna i'm gonna finish this and publish it because it's out here and it took a long time but uh we're just gonna move on and pretend it didn't happen those are not his words that's me putting words in this man's mouth um that could not be the case but he did definitely denounce his interest in the occult so flash forward a uh, couple of centuries and then we have <laughs> alistair crowley who was born in 1875 and died in 1947 he was an english um occultist among other things and he is credited with bringing back the this alternative spelling so magic with a k um into popular use and he was actually the or is actually was actually the founder of uh thelema i hope i'm pronouncing that right y'all don't y'all don't come for me um <laughs> thelema um, which is a religion or a mystical or just a lifestyle belief system that focuses primarily on wisdom love and power um according to the college of thelema's website um which will also be linked when this resource document just um comes available but this alistair crowley and thelema and his belief system is thought to be in part at least um inspiration for the early foundations of wicca whether it's true or not or whether it's like as deep as you know, the articles and things that I've come across make it seem it's besides the point. The point is, um, very well known, um, Crowley and his work and Thelema, even people who weren't followers of Thelema or as they're called, Thelemites? Thel- Thel- Thelemites? Um, <laughs> even if people weren't necessarily followers, like, people listened. Um, in Crowley's book, Magic in Theory and Practice, um, he actually defines magic as... In a more succinct way um, than they did back in the 14 whatevers. And he basically says that magic, with a K, is the science and art of causing change to occur in conformity with one's will. Um, so basically, it's a science um, and an art to actively shaping. The world around you or at the very least your world and your reality in accordance with what you want or in in line with what you want and what you you see for yourself and for situations and whatever around you um now i understand or i think i'm understanding that there was some controversy around mr crowley um that is besides the point with, with this episode um regardless of whatever he did or didn't do i don't know i, I didn't research him as much as I did his, uh, I guess, repopularization of the word magic with a K. Um, maybe that was the topic for another episode. Um, but he did give us this definition. And a lot of pagan and New Age and witchy authors use this definition as a base. Because that is what we do. <laughs> we are out here whether you call it magic with a k magic with just the C, you don't call it magic at all call it energy work spell work prayer work whatever the hell else um we are out here actively shaping our world around us and it there is a level of science to it like agrippa said um you have to have a certain level of understanding about different things um now i recently, (laughs) I recently, um, did a jar spell, which I love those things. Uh, I did a jar spell and for one of the first times in my life, um, I actually looked up and like figured out the alignment of the planets and the stars to see what energies were at work to see if it would benefit or change the accuracy or the results or the speed and timeliness with which the spell was, I guess, activated and came to fruition. Um, we're still waiting on that. <laughs> right now, the jars are still still charging. They're still getting that good energy um, because I want them to be extra, extra juicy, extra powerful. <laughs> but again, I digress. Um, so we have this clear separation between magic and then magic with a K. So at least within the community, again, just to recap, magic without a K is stage stuff. I mean, you can still definitely if the word magic um spelled as is in the dictionary is what calls to you, by all means use that shit. Because at the end of the day, it's your personal journey. Um, and nobody can tell you what that word means to you or what that word does for you in terms of your power. Um, generally speaking though, it's pretty popular or pretty common to come across magic with a K. Whether you're reading a book, an article, you're watching a YouTube video, listening to a podcast, um, this is usually what people are referring to. Um, There's actually even more. I I was wondering, okay, so like we just add a K to it to differentiate it. Okay, that by itself, I was like, all right, that's enough for me to be like, okay, this is it. This is the main difference. Um, But in a forward one of the articles i was looking at um which again will be linked um coming soon (laughs) in the forward to his book uh magic in theory and practice kenneth grant and john simmons again sorry if i mispronounce this um give some more information and it deals with to me i think this is numerology um and numbers okay so i will read this passage to y'all real quick k is the 11th letter of several alphabets and 11 is the principal number of magic because it is the number attributed to ooh, ooh, that's a word uh attributed to the kilophath again please do not comfort me because i'm pretty sure i mispronounced that um anyways otherwise known as the underworld of demonic and chaotic forces that have to be conquered before magic can be performed K has other magical implications. It corresponds to the power or Shakti aspect of creative energy. For K is the ancient Egyptive, Egyptian ku, the magical power. Specifically, it stands for a K word that basically means vagina, <laughs> the complement to the wand or phallus, um, which is used by the magician in certain aspects of the great work. Uh, end quote. So I cannot speak on the validity of anything in that paragraph, but it gives some kind of insight into why it's important for people, for us, for communities or groups to identify something and to at least for themselves know why it is the way it is. So like if you create a whole new word um, for your practice, why do you create that word? For some people, it's as simple as, you know what, this is what calls to me. I like the way this sounds, but for others... Um, especially it seems like for groups, as we'll get into in a second, um, it's important to have some other kind of logic and reasoning behind it. It's interesting to think about. Numerology kind of makes my head hurt a little bit because I'm not the best at math and numbers and, uh, but it's interesting. Um, I do look at the, (laughs) I, I'm into numerology as far as it is looking up, hey, I keep seeing 444 everywhere or 1234 everywhere. Or every time I look at the clock, it's 11 What does that mean? That's probably, that's the extent of my numerology uh, expertise <laughs> right at this moment. Who knows what it'll look like in 10 years. But right now, that's all I got. Moving on. So, you would think that that's where it ends. But, no. Um, if you've noticed, this isn't, I don't even want to say this is recent. I've noticed it recently, but I'm pretty sure this has been out here for a good hot minute. Um, there is a third version of the word magic, and this one is spelled M-A-J-I-C-K. And apparently this word originates with Lori Cabot, who is the founder of the Cabot tradition of witchcraft, um, which is an initiate tradition with degrees and all of that, um, that has a focus on ecology and human rights as one of their ethics codes. Um, I'll also link the website, uh, their website, because that's one of the sources that I used for this episode. To me, I, I, I never like in-depth studied Wicca, but I'm pretty sure this is a, a tradition in Wicca or a Wicca-related tradition, uh, if that makes sense. But from her website, in Lori's Own Words, she says, quote, I use the spelling of magic, M-A-J-I-C-K, to differentiate the work done by Cabot tradition trained witches. So here we have a further kind of divide or split between the rest of You know, the witchcraft community and specifically witches trained in the Cabot tradition of witchcraft. Um, In an article that I found, which kind of like helped me jumpstart my research, there's actually an excerpt from Laurie Cabot's Book of Shadows, which is available for sale um, at pretty much any place you can go get New Age witchy, pagan, spiritual books. Um, and I'll read that to y'all too, just so you can have a little bit of context because again, numbers come into play here. So for Lori, two is one of the primary numbers of magic, being the number of polarity and balance. Two signifies yin and yang, goddess and god, light and dark, creation and destruction. You get it. <laughs> the vocations of those associated with this number as their life path include healers, teachers, counselors, and creative artists, such as musicians, designers, and architects. All of these relate to our association with the witch as a healer, a spiritual teacher, religious counselor, artist, ritual, musician, and even designers of temples and sacred sites. The number two, and therefore magic, has the theme of the witch, of magical creation embedded right in it. We spell magic this way to keep its meaning even more special to us, to remember these things. And so that's from uh, Lori Cabot's Book of Shadows. And it's, again, it's just pretty interesting. You know, I didn't think that even as a person who understands the power of language and the complexity and the nuances of language, at least a little bit, right? Um, I didn't even think to, like, add the layer of numerology into it. Like, I know letters are associated with numbers and therefore numbers Uh, associated with other meanings um when you were talking about uh the occult or paganism or new age thinking uh, or new age belief systems but it never occurred to me to like put the two together (laughs) um which is it's pretty interesting i'm not gonna lie i I don't think i'll go too deep into it this was more of like a surface level i really want to know if there's a difference am i looking hella ignorant out here not knowing and using the wrong form or what um So let's recap. Again, magic, normal, regular old magic, is stage, magic, uh, illusions, sleight of hand. You have magic with a K, um, which is the most widely used form of the word, which just explains, um, using the world around you to impact your life or your reality. In accordance with your will or like what you want to happen and then we have magic with a J in the middle instead of a (laughs) D which is used to at least according to Lori Cabot used to differentiate a specific subset of witches um, and their specific brand and uh, a specific brand of witchcraft and on to that for them or at least for Lori there's power in the way it is spelled because of the significance of the number two, um, excuse me, the number two and um, what the number two signifies. Okay, and you think we would be we would be done there? Lately, I have been seeing another form. So this is the fourth form of the word magic. Um, if you're you're new, if you're a baby witch or you're looking more into this too, magic spelled M-A-J-I-K, so with a J and without a C, but with a K. (laughs) Confused yet? Um, It's something I've been noticing a lot more lately. I can't, at the moment at least, find any information about why this spelling came to be. I've personally noticed it used more with younger people in the community, so teens, 20s, 30s and i've noticed it a lot with which other witches of color now i don't know if that's just because this is the um the other witches of color are primarily who i follow um or if it's because there's a uh, political or like a a political leaning towards this if there's another numerology leaning to this or if there's like Something in this is a movement to kind of decolonize their their practice, um, which is really big in the community lately, at least around people that um, that I follow at the very least, and people uh, witches of color, a lot of them, or a lot of us, are doing work to decolonize our practices, which, trust me, we'll get into it at a later date because I'm interested in what that all means. Um, but all of this is really just to kind of hit home on how powerful language can be and how for one it's important um to know because if <laughs> magic spelt that way is primarily a way to uh for one cabot witch to under uh, to identify another cabot witch that is not i sis is not she um so i would not be using that i've never used that i've used uh regular old magic with a k um, because that's what I learned and that's what I came up on. Um, recently, if magic spelled M-A-J-I-K is what I think it is, I'll probably switch to, that, switch to that, or I probably won't, I don't know, maybe I just won't even use the word magic at all, who knows, um, except as a hashtag so that people who are interested in magic can see it. But I think all of this is just really interesting because, again, language is very important and how we refer to our practice, or ourselves, or, you know, our identity is important. In the last episode, my friend and I, we kind of talked about symbolism, and how none of any of this really matters, and at the end of the day, no, you know, it doesn't really matter, but it does matter, you know? (laughs) I mentioned the Thomas theorem um, in last week's episode, um, because it, it just really sticks with me. It's like, even if something is made up, um, which is pretty much anything based on symbolism or a symbolic thing, <laughs> a symbolic meaning, um, is made up. But just because something is made up doesn't mean it's not powerful. Um, I don't know if y'all have ever seen, uh, if y'all are big Supernatural fans, I love Supernatural. The show, uh, with Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki and Misha Collins and all those beautiful, beautiful human beings, um, there's an episode in one of the earlier seasons that talks about topas or topas, um, and in the Winchester mythology. Um, granted, full disclosure, I have not looked up what a topa or topa is um, in the real world, <laughs> um, but in the show, at least, it all boiled down to something that wasn't real and that became real because so many people believed it. Um, and it had gotten so much energy attached to it, right? Um, so in the way that, you know, Supernatural's Topa was created from groupthink and group belief, so too does the meaning of words and the power behind them. Um, so it's just a nice, interesting little look into it, maybe to help, um, a newbie witch or a, a seasoned witch kind of, you know, think about language that they use and, um, the energy behind it, even if it's not something we attach to it, what energy is behind it and what energy are we maybe unknowingly adding to our practice or maybe knowingly adding to our practice, you know, just something to think about. But, um, yeah, so I want to hear from y'all, um, if you feel one way or the other about it, what words do you use to describe your own craft um or your own practice or how you view magic and the world around you? You can let me know um by either emailing at backporchspiritual at gmail.com, um going to our website um at backporchspiritual.com or following on Instagram at Backport Spiritual. I'm pretty responsive. I'm up there every day. Um I don't post every day. I plan to, (laughs) um, but, you know, I'm up there every day, I always respond, um, and I love to have, like, I love to create a dialogue, um, because just as I'm out here learning from these folks on the internet, um, there's plenty of information that we can all learn from each other, right? That being said, um, now for the announcements, which I think I'm gonna keep at the end of the episodes now, just so I don't lose people (laughs) at the beginning, or people don't get too bored too quick. So, um, as I mentioned earlier in this episode, this week I wanted to talk about Storm Magic, but it's such a nuanced, such a emotive form of witchcraft and magic and spell work, um, that... The couple of days I was able to, or the couple of hours, let's be honest, that I was able to sit down and look into some, some articles and things like that about it. It just wasn't enough, not enough for me to really internalize the information and learn from it, which is my ultimate goal. But also not enough for me to relay that information and record that information back to y'all. Um, I work an eight to five, which is sometimes a seven to five or seven to six. You know, y'all know how it is. Um, and so I, I want to be able to devote the time to each topic, to my own growth, and in helping y'all grow um, that we all deserve. So uh, the podcast will be moving to bi-weekly um, on Saturdays, somewhere on Saturday, Saturday morning, maybe Saturday night. Um, every now and again, there may be one that comes out on a Friday. Whether I maybe do a midweek episode, it depends on how inspired I am. If I have a special guest or if there's something like super cool going on, um, but it's all just to provide better content and to do better research and to hold myself more accountable. Um, so, which I think I think we can all understand. Right now, things are still pretty crazy, getting crazier by the day, and I think we can all understand devoting more time to bettering ourselves, right? But anyways, um, in addition to bettering things and making things better, um, I'm in the process of revamping, uh, the Backport Spiritual website. You can still access it. In fact, it's probably easier to listen to the podcast now, um, because it's right on the homepage. Uh, I originally was hosting on Tumblr and I love Tumblr, especially the study side of Tumblr and the witch side of Tumblr because there's so much information much freaking information and so much talent on that platform um but it's not really conducive to the the point or like the actions I'm trying to get out of the website but I will still keep tumblr um so if you have a tumblr you can follow uh, me um, and the podcast at backportspiritual.tumblr.com um, my asks are always open. Um, so is my inbox. Again, I'm pretty responsive. I love talking to people or talking with people rather. Um, but yes, so the new website is live. There are some places, some pages that are still under construction, like the resources tab and, um, one other tab. Hmm. What is that? There's another tab (laughs) that's under construction, but I'm super excited because it, will hopefully be a little bit more accessible, um, a little bit easier to navigate um, with the resources tab, and also a running list of just really nothing but the actual sources that I'm using and that I'm finding, um, whether I get a whole lot out of it or I don't get anything out of it, um, because originally this podcast was... About, you know, me and my journey, and it is, but it's really about us and our collective journey. And I might have started the podcast that way. Y'all, this is only like nine, eight episodes ago, so it wasn't that long ago, eight weeks ago. But even in this eight weeks, I've my mindset's kind of shifted to be more more community-minded. And be like, okay, well, what what can I, I do to add to what's going on out here? Like, add to the conversation, um, even if it's just for people who are literally brand new just now picking up um the study of witchcraft or paganism or whatever um but yeah that's it for my announcement. <laughs> um again i hope to hear from y'all i love to hear from people and i love to have those kinds of conversations um again instagram um backport spiritual email backportspiritual at gmail.com website backportspiritual.com and you can also find me on tumblr again Back, poor spiritual. <laughs> All right, y'all. Uh, I will catch y'all soon. Thank you for listening, and I hope y'all have an awesome week ahead. Y'all stay safe. Um, y'all know it's hurricane season, it's still rolling season. Y'all just be safe out here and stay blessed. Stay blessed up, y'all.